This Chad and Cheese Cult Brand Podcast is supported by Smashfly, recruiting technology built for the talent lifecycle, and big believers in building relationships with brands, not jobs. Let Smashfly help tell your story and keep relationships at the heart of your CRM. For more information, visit smashfly.com today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for a podcast with a little extra queso with it. How about you, Chad? Well, I'd like the guac. I know it's going to cost $2 more. Can I just have it? Just give it to me. I don't even want to ask for it anymore. Just put the guac on. It's delicious. It's all delicious. And this is a great segue to today's guests. Let me introduce everyone to Joe Albano and Michael Miller. Guys, welcome to the show from Chipotle. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you a little applause there because uh, <laughs> is that real applause? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think it's I think it's actually pronounced Miller. It's not Miller. It's Miller, right? Miller. Mike Mike Miller. He's and got the easiest name, and so we've got to screw it up, right? And and Joe, was your nickname Albino in high school? It had to be. Right? It was my nickname in in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, in my twenties, and in my thirties. Uh, we have. And for the record, you are not actually an albino. I am not. I respect the albino community, but I am not part of them. <laughs> Obviously, and then recruit vigorously. I, I try to. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Great. The albino <laughs> recruiting strategy. Guys, we, we have not used that. We have not used that in, in the office. Just, yeah. just so you know, guys. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> You're you. welcome. Thank you so much. Well, for those who don't know you guys, let's get the uh, elevator pitch on you individually. I'm sure most of our listeners know about Chipotle, but feel free to plug that as well. And if you have a special coupon code for our (laughs) listeners, feel free to (laughs) sling that out there. If we do, we'll keep you posted, but I will kick things off. Awesome. Um, I'm Joseph Albano. I have been with Chipotle for about six years. Um, My role with Chipotle is to really oversee our, our field recruitment team. So... We have a team of 12 who basically support all 2,600 restaurants across the country from everything recruitment related from our entry-level crew members all the way up through our uh, senior executives working across the country. Wow. 12 people. That's a good elevator pitch show. <laughs> I've practiced in the mirror many times. You show up on Monday. You come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Now you have now you have to live up to that one. Good luck. I can't do it. I just live to support Joe, guys. Um, Mike Miller or or Miller. And my, my parents curse me with a very common name. So I'm, I'm going to go with this Miller thing and see how it rolls for the weekend. <laughs> and I've been at Chipotle for coming up on, on two years. And so have the truly, truly have the pleasure of supporting the best team that I have ever been on. So I'm responsible for recruitment operations. And it's true. It's he always true. knows what to say. Um, recruitment so operations. Nice. Well, look, I've been, at, I've been at some pretty cool brands, right? But this is my favorite brand, my favorite team. Yeah. And I've uh, been, let's see here. I'm also responsible for talent uh, marketing and talent branding. So everything in the talent uh, acquisition world and how we can effectively market that and build a cool narrative. That's what we try to do. 
Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Chad wants to get to the hard hitting questions, but I want to know before we get started, what do you guys order when you go to Chipotle? Oh, God. Um, okay, so it depends on if I'm trying to be on a diet and <laughs> and avoid carbs. Which is always at the most inopportune <laughs> times. Which, right. Screw that. So I, I'm a burrito guy. Tell them about um, our, our, our summer deal. Well, we would have I, we would eat lunch at, at different times, and I, so I would come back and say, um, "Haven't had lunch yet, Joe." Joe and Joe would say, "Well, I, I already have, but I'm up for it again, so <laughs> yeah. we would have double lunch." I'll do, yeah, I'll do, I'll do a double lunch. One time I've done a triple lunch because I deserved it. Um, but, <laughs> are you are you, you practicing to go against Kobayashi sometime soon? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> One day, um, that is my ultimate dream in That's life. Awesome. Um, is to be in a food eating competition. <laughs> but until then, every day is practice. Every day is practice. And every day I get closer. I, I So I'm a burrito guy. I am obsessed with our new carne asada. Oh. Uh, however, um, if it's not carne asada, I'm getting carnitas. I'm a, a brown rice, uh, pinto beans, um, carnitas. I will do the, the red tomatillo salsa um, with extra cheese. Yeah. And then I will do chips and guac on the side. Thank you, thank you. Good. And I should I should mention I should I should mention I do double meat. You're, you're getting applause for the overeating. <laughs> I, 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 I think these are our guys. That's my dream come true. <laughs> People who understand me. People who understand you. You, you. you found your brothers. I found my niche. What do I get? Uh, so I'm I'm six foot six, weigh about three hundred pounds. So I try to go with the kids' guess of the year. <laughs> 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 Sad but true. Which is sad. So, you know, the team, the, one of our team members likes to hold the chips. Yeah, they like to order that for me, and, and I, I don't. I don't have the heart to give me the feedback, so I just take it, eat it. Of course, <laughs> I like carne asada. So I had. I actually had. A, I deviated a little bit yesterday. Carne asada burrito. I skipped the beans, but went rice, sour cream, uh, cheese, guac. It was a winner. I have to say that the the burrito bowl to me is the best value, first and foremost. Sofritas with every freaking kind of bean you can throw on that thing and double helping of guac, man. That nice. that's me right there, man. Yeah. And then and that's at least two meals. Or one yeah, for yeah, me. Well, I'll say that's at least two meals for me. I'm I'm not the overeater on the Chad and Cheese podcast. But yeah, dude, that is a staple for me. Love that. I'm a barbacoa boy. Oh, I'm kind of surprised no one said I that. I had barbacoa. barbacoa all day. <laughs> Bowls, burritos, <laughs> I don't care. It's all good. Just as long as somebody else is buying. Okay, so first first question. Uh, this is, uh, you're, you're booing free food? I'm booing your comment that I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows you're cheap. Uh, so I'm sending back your Christmas gifts. <laughs> so, 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 first question: Chipotle is. Do, do you guys feel like Chipotle is a cult brand, or they're kind of like on their journey to being a cult brand? Joel and I, there's no question. Joel and I feel like you guys have reached cult status. Mm-hmm. I see lines out the damn door here in Little Columbus, Indiana. But what do you guys feel internally? What we want to be, and where I think we're moving, I think what you're seeing with those lines um, and, and with those, you know, with those observations, is that is that brand love that was maybe simmering for a little bit. And I think now it's, it's boiling again. And so from a cult brand perspective, I think there's elements where, yeah, absolutely. But what I would say is that 
we're also really inclusive. So it's a lifestyle brand for many people. But as far as being culturally relevant, I think what we're seeing is the renaissance of Chipotle as a culturally relevant brand, because we may have lost our way, obviously, for a little bit. But you know, we're excited, right? I mean, so that excitement that that you're that you're seeing as part of the reinvigoration, the transformation of the brand from a consumer perspective, we feel that too. So it's really cool because it's not like we're going to, you know, an agency and saying, how do we show up? What do we say? We know what are the vision and values and how are we experienced? We're excited about them. We're fans. We love the brand. So there's this sort of like, you know, if if cult, then I would add lifestyle brand extension. And there's a, there's an undeniable family vibe that I think is is absolutely present in our restaurants, uh, in our support centers and 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 ultimately experienced by our consumers. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. one thing to add to that is, you know, when Chipotle started in 1993, we you know, we were just in one restaurant in Denver, Colorado, and we grew quickly and we grew via word of mouth. So I think if we were, if we were to look back at our history, we would probably had the more of that that cult-like presence or a cult brand presence back in the 90s. It grew very organically. It, it, grassroots. it, it grew organically, it grew through grassroots and we never really had the need to invest in 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 media and advertisement, whether it's TV, social, radio, we never had the need because we just grew through word of mouth because people wanted a big ass burrito served quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) How do you parlay that cult brand feeling into recruitment? And the biggest key for us, because we talk about it all the time, how do you ensure that your people feel it? And your people obviously being the employees, because if they feel it, then obviously the customers feel it. Not to mention more than likely your employees are also customers. So yeah, that perfect segue. So, you know, when we look at our data, about 92% of our candidates at all levels are our customers as well. So I feel like I have one of the easiest jobs in the world to be a recruiter for Chipotle because I don't really need to give my my Chipotle spiel. People are coming to me who kind of what, what you were saying before in, in your restaurant in Columbus, Indiana, you go, the lines are out the door, the food is good, they're getting you through quickly, um, the people are great. Our candidates are coming to us and sharing that and they want to be a part of that and they want to help grow that into into something bigger as we continue to grow. I'm not the brightest person. We probably (laughs) already know that in in, in our time together. But one of the things that really struck me and Joe and our our team earlier in the year is kind of hit us over the head that there really is no difference between, you know, oftentimes when when you're in these functions or working in, you know, in corporate settings, even though we're a big company, but we really don't feel that that corporate. But there's this distinction between um, defining the customer experience, the guest experience, and then you know, and, and the candidate experience. For us, it's one and the same. So it's really holistic, and and that influences the way we we communicate. Right? There's there's just we don't have to have a separate line, uh, a, a separate narrative. It, it, we're talking to the same people who already love the brand. That point, though, it, it just becomes experience. And, and one of the things that we're seeing and we're hearing a lot about is just the the fracturing of brand. You have a brand and then you have the consumer brand and then you have the candidates, you know, employer brand. And then you have it seems like this fracturing when we're making things more complex. But, but from what I'm hearing from you guys is that there is this holistic brand that is one in the same. And that's one of the things that you try to stay cohesive with. Is that is that where you are? Or is that where you're trying to go? It is the foundation 
post-transformation. I think Joe can probably speak to the legacy perspective, but I, I would say that we've probably just just entered entered the room where that is the atmosphere. It's something that we're absolutely trying to continue to to cultivate in in a number of ways. We work really closely with uh, Chris Brandt our chief marketing officer and his team in ensuring that it's the same voice. Now that, and we all know that doesn't always happen. In fact, I don't think we've ever had this much alignment Correct. with a marketing team. And what I mean specifically is if you take a look, you know, Joe was saying that, that, you know, early on it was this sort of grassroots, authentic word of mouth experience. And so we're really careful when we look at, at an advertising platform and program now it's our people. So it's still authentic. It's still real. It's our own people that we're highlighting. And so we try to carry that over, pull that through across the you know, proverbial bridge to the, uh, to the recruitment um, narrative as well. It, you know, so, so what I'm saying specifically is let's keep this focus on our own people telling our story. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Hey guys, you mentioned um, at some point they're sort of losing or the the brand weakening, and and obviously going from a you know a one restaurant uh, organization to what you guys are now with twenty six hundred restaurants. Um, you've obviously had challenges uh, in the news with whether it be health issues and uh, you know the meat or lettuce, whatever. Um, how do you guys, just like every brand has challenges, how do you guys sort of keep that North star and overcome, um, some of those challenges, whether it be brand or recruiting related? Well, I think looking at it from, um, 30,000 feet up, I think a big help for us is really realigning our executive officer team. And so Brian Nickel, our CEO joined Chipotle about two years ago as well. Um, we had a lot of different focuses and we were basically stretching people a little too thin. And it was really simplifying everything we were doing, making sure that our number one focus was was food safety and quality of food. Um, but then making sure that we had fantastic people within the organization to, to prep, to cook, to serve that food and give these people awesome opportunities to develop into a career within the restaurant industry at Chipotle. There is an acute focus on food culture. Let's not lose sight in our growth and as we scale with keeping the main thing the main thing, right? Taking excellent care of the customers and having really great craveable food, as he would say. And you mentioned working with uh, the CMO, which I know both Chad and I, uh, Spidey Senses, tingled when you said that. Um, because <laughs> we, we really, we really champion uh, HR recruitment, uh, talent acquisition teams really engaging with marketing and brand and, and messaging and all that good stuff. So, 
So for the organization out there that isn't doing that, um, why is it important and what exactly do you guys do in terms of working with uh, your marketing department? Well, I'll go from from the legacy standpoint. So I've been with Chipotle for six years and marketing and recruiting never had a relationship within Chipotle. We were like the ex-husband and ex-wife who were still mad at each other for the fight in 1997. Ouch. I, 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 I'm experiencing Yes. <laughs> Mike's going through that personally. Um, but uh, No, but so we've never had a great relationship. So, you know, to what we were talking about before, we had two very different brand messages going out. We had a recruiting brand message and we had a food brand message. So that was sort of the the legacy story. And then I'll let Mike kind of go from present to now. I then had an opportunity. We have a really, really awesome chief people officer, uh, Marisa Andrada, who had the, uh, she's taken pity on me for for 20 years (laughs) and and has let me me help out with some people building uh, for some really great brands. This one truly, truly being uh, my favorite because I have a burrito addiction. And so when we came in, the order of, of the day was was really get some alignment. You know, it, it, we really took we took a, a, a 25-year-old brand and kind of flipped it into startup mode, but sort of the best of startup mode because, you know, essentially you're well-funded and profitable and have no debt. So then how do you focus in on the vision? It has to do with building capability in the organization. Right. We understand that. We've seen that done well at times uh, and certainly have have seen that fail with organizations. I'm sure there are many people who have uh, more technical skills from a recruitment perspective than I do. But I'm a frustrated storyteller uh, (laughs) and a frustrated writer and really love aligning. So I was sort of starting with with Red Bull in my career, took a look at how I could be that bridge between the work that talent acquisition is is doing and how can we partner that up with marketing? Because we're telling the same story, yet we often, you know, you mentioned this, we oftentimes see uh, it's a very disjointed approach. And so I think once I realized, hey, look, these, these can be our friends. We can have a relationship that really is mutually beneficial because what happens is we can keep that message and that narrative really alive as we're talking to thousands and thousands of, of, of candidates. And so I had an opportunity early on to work with the executive leadership team and really saw their humility, their alignment, and how fired up they were to you know ensure that essentially we had become the blockbuster video of Berea. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and, and so, you know, and so Chris really, really led that charge. And it wasn't, you know, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where everybody was really respectful, but they're kind of looking at me like, okay, so you're really going to help us do this and you're going to help us build these all-star teams. And so, I mean, we were working, you know, 24 seven straight through weekends. And then finally I got, it was a Saturday night and I was, um, I was, you know, submitting some candidate and Chris said, Hey, you texted me give me a call. He said, man, stop. We're good. This can wait till Monday. You know, And then I thought, <laughs> okay, maybe we're on to something as far as the trust building. But then I think from just the interpersonal relationship that we built and then helping him hire his team, yeah, yeah, he was very inclusive with us. And, and so I thought this is going to be part of the secret salsa of building a world-class talent acquisition function was to make sure that we're really in that wheelhouse of narrative creation and brand creation. So don't mean to, to overshare with you there, but that's 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 really been just a, such a key part of our, our, our success, I think, over the last couple of years. Well, and it feels like at Chipotle, we sort of had a, a come to Jesus moment where recruiting and marketing realized that we were both needing to be codependent on one another. Yeah. We, we can't, you know, 
offer new menu items, grow sales without having all the people in place. And we can't have all the people in place and, and double our double in size on restaurants without having our marketing team supporting us on the back end. And, and you know what, what I, I think the leadership team models really, really well, which then of course just you know trickles down um, very naturally is, is this notion that we're really partners, right? It, it, there's this family vibe. We're partners to each other. So it's not, you know, exclusively from the marketing lens or, you know, we call human resources people experience or from the people experience lens. It's really how can we get the right people, build the right capability in the organization and make sure that we're, we're really rowing in, in the same direction and not sitting there boring each other by leading with our respective functional knowledge. That's not going to help anybody. We've all seen organizations that really sink in that. Yeah, I mean, you, you had gold that you provided to PR and marketing. And let me read this real quick. Uh, Chipotle is covering 100% of tuition costs upfront for 75 different types <laughs> of businesses, business and technology degrees through their partnership with Guild Education. So, I mean, if you're in marketing and PR and you get your hands around something like this is gold, not just from the standpoint of making the brand look great, from one side, but making it look great from all sides. So how did this happen? Well, again, the genesis around <laughs> this, it makes a hell of a lot of sense because obviously this is in many cases a high volume play. So you're looking for retention. You're looking for great people. How did this come together? That's gold, Jerry. It, it, it is gold. And, you know, I think when, when I look, when I kind of take a step back and look at what we're doing at Chipotle every day, it's cultivating a better world. That's, that's really what we believe in doing every day. And we employ approximately 80,000 people across the country. And we know in 2019, soon to be 2020, cost of education is going up. You know, we're in this sort of gig economy where our, our people might need to work two or three jobs just to go to school and have, have a basic living. So we had a big aha moment. We introduced our, our guild partnership back in 2015, and it wasn't as robust as it is now. But about a year ago, the conversation at the table was, what can we do better for our people? How can we treat our people better? And we did a lot of surveying. We talked to a lot of our folks across the country. Um, and the number, one of the top benefits that we could offer was how can we ha how can we improve our tuition reimbursement program? And that from that was born the, the debt-free degree program. It's interesting too, because our goal from a people experience, really the mantra from a people experience perspective is to ensure that we're, uh, creating an environment where people can thrive and pursue their passion. What's interesting about it, um, it, it is that we understand that people may not stay with us forever, right? right? So it's not, it's not a situation where we're saying, hey, we'll do these awesome things for you and your family, but you have to be on a fast track to becoming a general manager. We understand this may be a side hustle for somebody, but want to ensure that in our effort as Joseph to cultivate a better world, uh, hey, that doesn't really just end within the walls of our restaurants. So if we can take great care of you while you're with us and you wind up going somewhere else, it, it really does fulfill that mission. And, and on the flip side, there are a good amount of people who work in our restaurants who are pursuing these debt-free degrees um, who end up you know, taking that with Chipotle even further, whether it's going down in a multi-unit capacity or even transferring to some of the roles in our restaurant support centers in both Columbus, Ohio and Newport Beach, California. 
Well, who's who had the holy shit moment though? I mean, because this is <laughs> this is really a holy shit moment. Like you think about it, it's like first off, the the economy is doing well to an extent, right? We want to be able to retain people, and, and and our business is people, so we have to take care of those people. Who was who was the person that had the holy shit moment that everybody else went, ah, there it is. Fair enough. I think I can answer that now. As much as I would like to say. That it's 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 me and Joe. So love to um, this one, <laughs> I'll take credit. This was a this was a conversation between our CEO uh, Brian, who uh, our our group reports into through Maurice, our chief people officer, in combination with uh, now guys. I've spent most of my career trying to steer clear of comp and benefits, but I've got to say we have an innovator in that space, Scott Scanson, who's our, our director of comp and ben, and is just always looking at things from a different lens. So I, I, I would probably give that initial credit to those three and then you look at it and it's one of those things that once it's in front of you you say oh this is a no-brainer you know even though really nobody else is doing it okay. or, or at the scale that we're doing it so it's very easy for our team to get behind it obviously as well as 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 marketing to evangelize it yeah and i think it's as simple as what can we do to make the lives of our people easier so they don't have to work a four to eight hour shift at chipotle and then drive Uber for four to five hours to make ends meet. They can work at Chipotle. They get a free meal. We pay for them to go on break. And then we also pay for them for their education. So they can work at Chipotle and kind of that's it. Frankly, as a potential candidate, you had me at free burrito. But the other stuff is pretty nice, too. (laughs) Well, that means we we have you forever. (laughs) I know you guys are are loyal listeners of the show. Yes, we love your show. Yeah, you guys, guys, if someone calls in sick, apparently you send them to a nurse that then has some sort of checklist to verify that they're actually sick and not just hungover. Can you explain what's going on? with that the nurse by the way is is uh, uh on her way to you guys right now to make sure you're not hungover i'll save her time and let her know we'll <laughs> fail the hungover test for sure so no so you know as we talked about before mike mentioned we're you know we have been building a culture of food safety for you know the past three to four years and a big portion of that is we want to make sure that our employees in the restaurants are not coming to work sick so we've created things like making sure that you know one of the benefits our crew members get is sick time paid time off so they don't feel the pressure to come to work sick and and in return you know, get other people sick and, and infect our customers. So one of the other changes we've made is providing a nurse hotline for our people. If, if they're not feeling well, um, we provide a nurse hotline for them to connect with. Um, and they'll just run through common symptoms. And again, they'll determine, okay, are you just hungover? Did you just have a really good Saturday night? You can work Sunday. Um, but if you are actually sick, do not come into work. Take Use your sick time, rest up, and be good to go. Gotcha. And it's sort of a, an early warning sign for you guys. If the employees are getting sick, you can cut it in the, you know, nip it in the bud so customers don't start getting sick. Is that part of the, the strategy as well? Absolutely. So, so there's not a rampant drinking problem with uh, Chipotle workers. <laughs> it's actually it's actually about food safety. So I, I'm glad that you've, you've laid to rest any concerns that I had uh, about a potential drinking problem. <laughs> well, thank you. Mike has a drinking problem, but I, that's I, a I <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, we appreciate the time. We know you're busy with uh, with uh, everything going on there. Oh, thank you. Uh, for any of our listeners who, for God's sakes, don't know about Chipotle, 
um, are you guys, where, where would you send them to learn more? You know, we have a couple of different avenues. So I would always highlight our people of Chipotle at Instagram. Um, it's an in-depth look into what's going on in the restaurants in our support centers. And you can also find us at jobs.chipotle.com. Excellent. Thanks, guys. We out. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad, and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.